motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be here with our guest today, Janet Castillo. Janet is a dance and performance coach and TV host and producer of the Work It TV show. Her mission is to use dance as a tool to inspire and empower people to live with joy and on purpose. From beginner to professional, she has impacted hundreds of students with her energy, passion, and creativity. With over a decade of professional experience as a dancer and choreographer, she has worked with high-profile artists and brands, including Jennifer Lopez, Christina Millian, So You Think You Can Dance, Much Music, the Latin Grammys, TEDx, Canadian and American Idol finalists, the Pan Am Games, the Olympic Committee, and was the dance captain of a touring musical co-produced by Tyler Perry and Cedric the Entertainer. Janet's also a mom. So once Janet became a wife and mom, she stepped away from the dance industry to focus on her family and worked a stable nine to five job. After years of feeling that something was missing, she stepped back into the dance studio and returned to her true calling. She then quit her job, became the host and producer of a TV show, and has been on a mission to share her love of dance and the power it has to transform lives both on and off the dance floor. Her work at dance courses and programs are helping women to step into their power, become fearless, and live freely in the moment. Thank you so much for joining me, Janet. Thank you so much for that intro. It always it always amazes me. I'm always like, who is that girl? <laughs> that girl is you. You are amazing. You are amazing. Oh, Thank you so much for uh, for this. I'm excited to jump in. I would love to learn more about your story to start off. And I'm curious, how has your motherhood and work juggle evolved and changed over time? So (laughs) it keeps changing weekly, daily. There's, especially with everything that's been going on lately with COVID, it's, it's constantly moving and changing. And I actually have a husband who is also an entrepreneur, a creator, and an artist. We're both actually pretty unstable in terms of like our schedules and things are always popping up and things are always happening. Especially once COVID came around, I was like, oh my God, how are we going to juggle and make this all happen? But I think one of the things that has really helped me is really communicating well with my husband and obviously with my daughter and just really being able to like have literally weekly meetings where we are actually going okay you know on Sunday night what's the week gonna look like here's what to expect here's what's on our schedule because like I said our schedules are 
always evolving and always changing. So it's not like we have a nine to five and then after five o'clock we do this, this, this. That is not our schedule. So Sunday nights, we're always, you know, seated around and go, again, here's, here's what's happening for the week. Are we all on board? What does everybody need? How can I support you? How can we support each other? I've got a strong week. My, and then my husband maybe needs to support me and vice versa. If he's got something that he's got, I got to know that I've got to, you know, pick up more of the dinners and all the stuff with my daughter. And so um, I think really clear communication and being able to communicate with your family on your expectations and what you need has been really important. And also when things don't go the way you want them to go, as we know, is having the self-compassion for ourselves and the grace to be like, that's okay. With COVID, I think all of us mamas have been like, oh my God, we can't control this. But giving ourselves the compassion and saying, it's okay, we're going to be fine. We're in the knowing of everything's going to turn out fine. Let's try again tomorrow. What worked, what didn't work. And then let's try again tomorrow. Because if we hold on to this, like we need to be on this tight schedule, this what this needs to happen and things hit the fan and they don't, we can just crumble. We need to actually just take a moment and say, it is what it is. Let's start fresh again tomorrow. So it can constantly changes for me, but I'm okay with that. I've kind of found some peace in knowing that things are going to be always changing and not feeling, not feeling bad about that, not feeling bad about that and just feeling like I have ownership and power over my day and over the week. Yeah. And I think like that mindset piece and that communication piece are so key. You really do have to be able to give yourself that grace because you can't control everything. And this year has definitely showed that to us. There were so many things outside of our control, even day to day. And it was, it was a lot. And Communication wise, I know one of the things my husband bugs me about to no end is I love paper calendars and paper agendas. And I struggle with the digital piece. It continues to be an area of growth. So we talk, but he'll actually also just take a photograph of our paper calendar. So he has a sense of some of the things happening in our world. I know he definitely would like uh, me to improve in that area. For your family, do you write things down or do you have a shared digital calendar? So I, so that's funny you say that because my, my husband is also like purely digital. Like, and so <laughs> I'm actually, I, I'm actually moving towards more digital because I'm the same way. I like the paper. I like to see it. I like to put it up and look at it, you know, on a piece of paper, pen to paper. Right. But I've recently started, we have a family calendar. So I've got my stuff, his stuff, and we have a family online, just like a Google calendar that we go in and that we can put everything in that's going on for the week. But we also put, I will say, just really like high level stuff in there because like I said, he's got a lot going on and I do too. And so once we mesh it, it also can be a little overwhelming because there's so much in there. So it's just really high level stuff that we put in that in that calendar. But I am finding that I'm working a little bit better digitally because I'm just starting to practice using seeing it pop up on my phone going through it that way. But I'm definitely, I've definitely started off as paper and pen. Yeah. It's so funny. I I continue to work on it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My husband, he's stuck around with me for, it'll be almost, we're almost at 16 years. So clearly it's not a deal breaker. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Clearly. Yes. You guys are doing great. I'm sure. (laughs) So far so good. Now you have clearly had so many incredible experiences in the world of dance. And what are your thoughts on how dance has helped you to become a better mom and a better wife? 
it has done so much for my life. Prior to actually returning back to dance, I felt I, I felt lost. I didn't feel like I was me. I didn't have energy. I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I was going through the day-to-day motions. I was very happy. I am still very happy to be a mom and a wife and to have you know the, the full-time job and to be stable. So I was very grateful about my life, but I wasn't passionate and fulfilled with my life. So I was going through the motions and everything was great. I had no stress at work or anything like that, but I really was just striving for so much more. There's just that feeling that there's so much more inside of you. And when you really start to listen to that voice, you either push it away or you amplify it and you amplify it and you amplify it to a point where you get up in the middle of the night and you're like, I got to do something about this because it's literally just stuck here waiting to be unleashed. So when I started to say, okay, you know, I want to bring dance back into my life. And I started getting back into the studio and starting doing that for me. I felt happier. I felt more energized. I felt more connected to my purpose, to my calling. And don't get me wrong. The first few times I did also feel guilty that I was taking time for me and that I was doing things for me. There was a little bit of shame and guilt in that. But I think the power of that happiness and that fulfillment and that joy was so much more stronger than that, that I was like, no, no, this is, this is what I need to do to be a better human, to be a better mom, to be a better wife, to do all these things um, that I really want for my life. And when I started putting myself first and I started dancing again, I felt just I just felt like I had found myself again and I became a better mom, a better wife. I was able to take that short amount of time to dance, to do all the things and then let that infect and be contagious for the rest of my family, for my community, for my business. And so that's when I decided if I want to be of my greatest self and to serve, I need to uh, be in my calling and to be in my purpose. And so that's the part that moving back into dance I just feel like I'm aligned now. I feel like I'm on purpose and I feel like I have more time and energy for my family, right? You think, well, I'm not going to have any more time or, or, or energy for my family if I go and follow my passion. And You're actually going to have more time, more energy. Things are going to be so much fun, right? Things are going to be so much more fun. You don't have to take the big leap. You can do small little steps, right? It can just be if you like to draw or if you like to paint or you like to read, add that into your daily schedule, small little steps, and it'll start growing and you will start seeing how being able to open your heart to what your purpose and passion is, how that can bring back you. And that by you, I mean your joy, your creativity, your purpose, your light. And then that will infuse into the rest of your life. Then you'll notice that you'll want more of it. So you'll increase it because you'll know that this is a priority in my life. So I'm going to make it a priority in my life. So when you made the transition from your nine to five to dance, was that a gradual transition or was it a quick transition or what did that look like and how did you kind of make that work for you? It was definitely gradual. I think for years when I was at my job, I was like, I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to leave. You know, (laughs) I'm going to leave. And it's like, you just, you're so scared to take the leap because, you know, you're, you have a financial system within your family and you know, you've got to look at that and you've got to be, you've got to be responsible still, right. When you're actually leaving a position or you're doing something different and it was gradual. So I think when I, when I was talking about that voice, that voice just was there 
and it kept getting louder and louder and louder. I continued to, to, to source out things. I continued to research, kind of exploring. So I'd be at my job and then I'd be looking where my inspiration going, listening to other podcasts that are inspiring of people living their best life and creating amazing things. And so I fed that voice as opposed to, like I said, turned it away. And so over time, I had to build the confidence to know that it was possible to leave my position. I had to have the conversations with my husband. I had to look at how is this going to work for our family unit? If I were to leave, how is that going to work financially for us? How is that going to work with our time? Like all the stuff that we have to do as a family. I had a lot of conversations with my husband in terms of how that was going to look like. But I knew that at the end that it, it, it had to be that way. There was no other way. I couldn't go the other way. And even if I had to take that risk and we were going to be broke for a while or whatever it is, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen if I do this? And I kind of went down that road and it wasn't actually that bad. Look at what is possible if I went down this way. And maybe we had to change our family structure or the way we do things for a few years. What is possible on the other side? And luckily, I will say I have a very supportive husband who he actually, when I was thinking about leaving and I was kind of wavering, he actually said to me, you can't, you can't go back. It's just going to be a cushion again for you. And I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, what? He, and so he was actually one that was, you got to do this. You've got to do this. And um, I'm going to get emotional. He, he's just my number one supporter and my number one, my number one fan. And he was literally like, you, you have to do this. You're going to just sit back and do the same thing. Be in the cushion. You've got to take the leap. You've got to take the step. We got this together. And I'm emotional, <laughs> but it just reminds me because I actually never even really told that story. Um, when you have that partnership and you really do, and you really do believe that you can make it and that you have that support, then I think you're on your way to really great things. And to this day, we are constantly checking in with each other and making sure that we feel good, that we're on the right path. Does anything need to shift and change based on where we're at? And so, yeah, so it was definitely gradual. It definitely just moved as it should. Having that support was was uh, major for me. It can make such a difference having that support because it's so scary making a change. And as you said, more so even as a mom, because that financial piece with your family and that sense of responsibility and obligation, and there's sort of a feeling of risk involved. So that's incredible that, I mean, your husband obviously knows dance is a huge part of who you are, like as a person and what a great opportunity and change that would be for you. It is so nice just to have that person kind of walk alongside us as we make make yes. those changes and yeah, absolutely. shift our direction. It, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Listening to you really makes me think about when I decided to leave classroom teaching mm-hmm. and it just wasn't feeling aligned or right. And you, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I went to school to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. There's so many moms that are teachers. Mm-hmm. Do I really want to give this up? And thinking about making that call to the school board and resigning from the school board after yeah, having yeah. invested yep. all that. It's so hard. So having that person or people or whomever it might be to talk it out with right yeah, and yeah. yeah it it makes it it makes such a world of difference for sure mm-hmm. now you sort of alluded to the fact about how dance 
is a big part of your me time Mm -hmm. and making that time for yourself for, and for all of us, but it's so essential for moms. There's that saying, of course, that you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. So why is dancing a good way for moms to find time for themselves and to reconnect with their bodies? Well, first of all, we are all really disconnected to our bodies <laughs> as a population. I mean, we are on our screens all the time. We push away any emotional things that we feel. We run away from feeling, right? We're constantly in a technological environment right now where it's, we're always on our computer or we're always somehow in front of our screen. So we're not using our bodies just as a, in general, as our general population right now. And so being able to dance really allows us to connect back to the present moment the present feeling, the present, whatever we're going through, whatever we're expressing. That's what I love about dance so much is that it really does get us back into the present. We're not thinking about the past. We're not thinking about the future. We're putting music on. We're in the zone. We're moving. We're dancing. We're connecting with our bodies and we're feeling. It's a state of joy. When you really see dancers going for it and moving, it is a freeing, joyful moment that can never be recreated again because it's in that one time, one time moment. And so being able to intentionally put that into your life, everybody has a playlist or a favorite song that they love, right? That right when they hear it, there is no way you cannot kind of like move your body. And there's no right or wrong way to move your body. We are all born dancers. We're all born with rhythm. We just lose it as we get older. For some of us, we lose it. We get self-conscious. We get, we feel embarrassed. And so what I love to do is to create a safe space for women to feel safe to start exploring that again and to go, yeah, I used to dance, but I don't dance anymore. It's like, well, why not? You can actually do that again with very simple moves and very simple steps and literally putting on music, even when you're washing the dishes, right? Washing the dishes and moving around or in your living room or with your kids, just fooling around. That is joy. That is your expression. And so really being able to tap into this will bring us our our health, our happiness, our joy, all the things that we not need in our life that we are craving. It's very simple to do because all you need is yourself and if you for most of us like music like a piece of music with it but I just I just feel like it for so many moms it is it is a way to just feel expressed and to feel happiness and to feel that dose of dopamine and yeah so that's that's why I love it so much and I think people can get so intimidated by it but it's simple it's an easy way to access your joy yeah it doesn't require a lot of stuff <laughs> you don't have to go out and get a whole bunch of gear or anything like that. Yeah. It's very accessible. Now, in general, though, finding that me time can be such a challenge. I'd say now more than ever, we've had a lot of togetherness. It's been wonderful, but sometimes a little bit tough. So, what are some strategies or suggestions that you have to? help moms just incorporate dance or that me time into their daily lives. Mm-hmm. I think having some piece of music that you already love. For me, it's 90s R&B and hip hop. And then sometimes it's literally rock. Sometimes it's hardcore hip hop. Sometimes it's it's alternative or um, indie pop. It goes across the board. Music is so essential for our lives. And we all have a playlist for songs that we love. And being able to literally put on those songs whenever you feel like you just need to shift, you need to move, you need to take action. A lot of the times we're sitting and we're doing things and we're, we may feel stuck or we may feel like, oh, like just some type of frustration. 
that's a signal that we need to just get up, put some music on and dance and shift and move. And when you come back to whatever else you're doing, your brain feels refreshed. You feel like you can solve the problem or solve the thing because you've gone and you've been able to shake that off. So having music that you love, and it could be different feelings, right? When I want to feel powerful and strong, I'll put on my Beyonce, I'll put on my Queen Bee stuff and feel that, right? Other times I want to feel more flowy and just chill. So I'll put something else on for that. So maybe having different playlists that speak to your different vibes, your different feelings and going like today, I just want to chill and I want to feel flowy and I want to move. And immediately your mind is going to go, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And that's the beauty of it is, is when you move and you dance, you're, you're doing it from your heart. And so your heart is then able to take over your mind. Your body is able to just shift the mind to go, yeah, I'm moving, I'm dancing. And so uh, a lot of the times, again, like we, we stop because this goes, what are you doing, right? But a lot of the times we just have to put, literally put on the music and the music won't lie. You'll be moving, you'll be moving and doing that. And even if it's for a short amount of time, I'm not talking like an hour dance class pro, do it like five minutes, two songs, <laughs> five minutes, uh, three minutes, one song and, and just going all in. And, and shutting down the mind and just tapping into the body does wonders. And then I also have the 15 minute high vibe dance workout that I offer and it's literally five moves in 15 minutes. And so you have your 15 minutes, you can do these super easy dance moves and then you can just do them. You didn't get them the first time, you do it again, you do it again, got a little bit better, you do it again, right? And so it's all repetition and just building that muscle. But again, you've got to start from, let's start with a minute of just shaking it off. Let's do two minutes the next day. Let's do it again. And so you just build the muscle and the repetition happens over time. And I will say there's also that, that freestyle dance, but there's also like in my high vibe dance workout, you're learning moves. So even in that, your brain is, there's new neural paths happening. You're developing new cognitive development and focus and sharpness through learning pieces of choreography and patterns. So there's also that part of it, which is a whole other sort of field. But aside from just the freestyle moving, you can also, once you're learning choreography, you're, you're sharpening up your focus and your memory as well. Well, and I think the, the whole aspect of investment of time can be such an obstacle for people. So they're thinking, well, I just don't have time, yeah. but it doesn't need to be this massive commitment no. or this really lengthy amount of time. And I know oftentimes I'll think, I should get moving or I should get outside and go for a walk or do something, but I just don't have time. But every time I make myself go, I feel like I'm so much more productive yes. when I get back. Yes. You feel so much more productive. You yeah. feel focused. You feel clear. You feel refreshed. And what I say to most women is don't think about it too much. Just go. Like you said, you think, you think you don't have time. You think, you, well, if you keep thinking you don't have time, you're not going to have the time because you're just like buried in the, I don't have time. The way to beat the, that is to literally move your foot forward and don't think, don't think, put your move forward, take action. Cause then the action is going to beat that thought and that mindset thinking, but it's got to happen quick, right? There's got to be a kind of a quick reflex of, nope, I'm not going to go there. Let's put on music. I'm going to go. Yeah. Right. And so there's that instant where you can either just fall back and say, I don't have time. This is, this is the kind of like mindset I'm in, blah, blah. Or you can literally just shift immediately and, and take that next step and then get that momentum going. Yeah. It's just, don't overthink it. Yeah. Just go and start moving. Just go. <laughs> just take go. action because 
a lot of us, we think we're like overwhelmed, right? So we think we're overwhelmed. And the way to, to combat that is, again, it's because we have so many things going on in our head, so many things going on in our head. It's just this chatter of overwhelm, overwhelm, overwhelm. The way to combat that is to get out of your head and into your heart and step and take a step. Yeah. The overwhelm, it'll just kind of wash away. Because I know when I feel like that overwhelmed, I'll take the step and put on music. And then I feel so much better after and so much more clear. And I don't feel as overwhelmed. I was reminded of this when I was supervising my student teachers and hanging out in classrooms, especially with the the younger kids. Teachers sensing the kids, they're not learning anything right now. What do we need to do? Movement break. Or even my kids are older now, but still to this day, but especially when they're younger, life was just not going so well in our house. Best thing to do, get out of the house, go do something, get some fresh air and get moving. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's definitely a very effective strategy. I have a few rapid fire questions. So a big part of my philosophy as a mom is big burrow steel. (laughs) Don't reinvent the wheel and other people have great ideas. So I'm going to pick your brain for some from you. So what is one of your go-to meals on those super busy days? Spaghetti, for sure. Spaghetti, throw it in. (laughs) Sauce. And if I even have a little bit of time, the meatballs, but usually that doesn't happen. So spaghetti, for sure. Yeah. Meatballs, that requires a little bit more time. That requires a little bit more more time. So it's usually throw the noodles in, get the sauce, put it in. And my, and luckily both my husband and my daughter love spaghetti. So it's always a win. Like if that happens. That's amazing. I actually, last night we had tortellini, like store-bought tortellini with a jar of sauce and our youngest is like, this is the best dinner ever. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They don't need much, right? They don't need much. No, when I overcomplicate it, it's, not as often a win with everybody. So, it's so yeah. true. Yeah. Same, same, same over here for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. And what is a favorite family game or activity? So obviously we love dance parties over here. That goes down quite a lot because my husband's actually in music. So he's playing the music really loud and we're dancing. Another thing we really love is, is biking. We love to go biking and then taking our picnic blanket with us and going biking, stopping, and and hanging out by the water a little bit with our picnic blanket, and then hopping up and going again. It's just the fresh air, being outside, a little bit of adventure of not knowing where we're really going that gives us that, that, that excitement. Yeah, no, it's so fun. We love biking and and walking and exploring too as a family. It's just nice to get out, right? Change the scenery. And there's just something, I find a meal that is like a picnic type meal or when we go camping, everything just tastes even better yeah, <laughs> when you eat it, it outside. Just, it just feels so like magical too yeah. when you're on a picnic blanket and it just, it's a different, it's a different feeling. And I love it. I love doing that. The other day when we were celebrating Father's Day, we had it, we were having a picnic and my daughter just took her socks off and was in the grass and was dancing. And she was like, can I take my socks off? I'm like, yeah, go dance. And we were playing music, but it was just so nice. Cause she is just like that freeing feeling, you know, of, I'm just going to go and dance on the grass with my bare feet. I'm like, go for it. Have fun. Go wild. And then also what is a book podcast or TV show that you have enjoyed recently? And if you want to say one of each, you're welcome to do that as well. Well, I'm actually, because I'm running a a summit right now, I'm actually speaking to so many authors and speakers. And one of them, it's actually a book called 
Perfect Perfection, and it's by James Victory. And it's such a great book. It's all about illuminating your individual gifts so that you can create, so you can get out there and have your creative expression and be your greatest self. He's actually a designer and creative thought leader and a creativity coach. And so I've just been kind of reviewing a lot of his lines on there and they're all very daring and bold, but they kind of just give me that like kick in the pants where I'm like, okay, let's go, let's do it. We're here to create. We're here not to try to be perfect. We're here to make mistakes and create all the mess and beauty in the world that, that we, that we're made of. That sounds like a great one. I'll make sure to share that in the show notes as well. That sounds like a good read, a good one to add to my list. So thank you. (laughs) Now in the part-time jungle, we like to keep things real about motherhood. And I'm wondering if you have a mummy mess up that you'd be willing to share with us. So a mistake, something you wish you had done differently, but more or less a learning opportunity you've had as a mom. I can't think of any actual particular moment that I know, um, not being able to live up to my word sometimes. I think that has been hard. I like to keep my word as much as possible. But when I've ever said to my husband or my daughter that I'm going to do something when I commit to that, especially with our kids, right? They keep track. They really do keep track. If you say you're going to be somewhere or do something and you're not there, it's a big deal. So I think there's been moments where I said I was going to do something and I didn't live up to my word. And I think for me, that's such a Like, I I feel like, again, there's like the self-compassion piece of going, okay, I know I could do better next time. I'm okay. But at the same time, I hold on a little bit of like, oh, darn it. You know, I wish I had just stuck to my word or I said, if I said I was going to be somewhere, I'm there because my daughter's five. I think all those moments really count. And there could be a way where she's, depending on how I explain the situation to her, it could really affect her. And so just being able to, to make sure as much as possible that I try to stick to my word and that I'm clear with my communication. But I definitely have, there've had, there's been moments where I'm like, and then also in addition to that, we were talking a little bit about it earlier, but just that mom guilt, that mom guilt before I left my job was really, really, really strong. I felt like if I was doing things for myself, that I, that I wasn't there for my family. And nothing could be further from the truth, as we know. But there was a lot of mess ups and me feeling guilty and me having mom shame and all those things that came up for me for for quite some time. And they still come up, obviously, but I'm much better at handling it now and talking myself through it. I think we're all a work in progress, right? We recognize those situations where things just don't feel right. Maybe we weren't able to keep our word and you're so right. Our kids remember everything, (laughs) everything. Why? Why did you do that? (laughs) But yeah, taking that moment of pause, you know, to sort of reflect on it and then having those conversations, because I think that's what really makes us seem more human to our kids. I fully admit to my children, I'm not perfect. I'm so far from perfect. I'm going to make mistakes and it's okay. You're going to make mistakes too. And that's okay. And then we're going to learn from them and Mm -hmm. try and do better next time. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, for sure. Yeah, we've had many interesting moments along the way. You've got a full household over there, and they're (laughs) older too, so it's it's different for sure. Yeah, yeah, we're in the midst of yeah, two out of three teenagers. So yeah, but so far so good. So far so good. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. And 
And before we wrap things up, Janet, I'm wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles. So I have a few. <laughs> That's yes, okay. absolutely. Um, and I wanted, there was something I wanted to mention earlier, so I'll, I can talk about it a little bit now. So there's a few. The first thing is put yourself first. Put yourself first in all that you do. And like you said, once you fill that cup, it will overflow. You'll have more time, more energy, more happiness, more creativity. So scheduling in your schedule, because we all have that master house schedule, schedule your self-care, schedule time for yourself in that calendar first before you fill it with everybody else's schedule. And again, it could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes, it could be half an hour, whatever it is. But those are like the non-negotiable times. Like this is mommy time, this is me time and then fill in the rest. So I try to do that. I try to have my hour a day. I usually do all of my stuff first thing in the morning anyways, and that's my time to do my morning routine and I feel better in the day. So just putting yourself first and knowing that you are worth it, knowing that whatever you want, you can have. And it just takes a lot of um, listening to that voice and honoring that voice and knowing that you are worthy, okay? We do so much as mothers, but you also have to put yourself first before anything. The other thing I wanted to say was being authentic. And what I mean by that is saying how you feel. So I think as women, we grow up and we're told always to say something nice or be the good girl or, and that's all people pleasing. That's all we want the approval of others. That's us being good girls. And so sometimes we bury the feelings that are not so great. Like we feel like crap. I'm frustrated. I'm lonely. I need help. So sometimes we, we need to really be able to speak our truth, speak what's on our mind so that we can communicate clearly with our families and our extended families and in all of our relationships, what we expect and what we want. And sometimes that is saying like, well, that was really messed up what you just did. And, and saying that and saying, okay, I got to express that out. I got to let that out. And then now how can we do this better for next time? How can we both be on the same page? How can we support each other so that we can just grow from this experience? But quite frankly, just being super authentic and how you feel and not worrying about hurting anybody's feelings or anybody's approval. And that is confidence. That's empowerment, right? That's being able to take ownership of your feelings and then to communicate them in a loving way with the people around you so that you just can have better interactions and better, like a better lifestyle. So that would be my, would be my other one. Um, and then I was going to say earlier that one thing that has just helped with my family, and we just did this recently, is we I wanted to get my family together. And we've never done this before, but pull out what our guiding values are as a family. And I don't know if you've done this, but we pulled out a big piece of paper and we were, had our markers and we were drawing and we were talking and I was leading it and I was saying, what, what does our family stand for? What do we want to stand for? And what are the words and the values that we want to be in all that we do? It was so great to do that because everybody had a voice. My five-year-old daughter had a voice. She said her word was courageous. Her word was loving. Mine was joyful. My husband's was committed and staying integrity, staying, keeping our word, you know, and it was so great because when we started having that sort of contract and saying, here are the words that our family stands for, whatever we are doing, these are the things we want to be courageous, but we want to be joyful. A few days after my daughter was riding her bike and doing different things and she was scared. And I was like, okay, but remember we're courageous, right? We do things with joy and we're courageous. So what does courageous mean? It means being scared of something and still doing it anyway, right? And so that just felt great because once we have those ways of being at the top, then everything we do we can go, are we doing it joyfully? Are we sticking to our word? That's sort of like our principles as a family, you guys. And getting everybody on board to have their say makes everybody feel like they're empowered and they had a vote and they had a choice in, in the family sort of contract, as I call it, right? 
So that's been pretty transformational in my family. Like literally we did that about a month ago and it's been so great because we can call each other out on stuff and we can say, well, you know, that's not, that's not how our family, that's not, that's not the rules of our family. Just having that just kind of centers everything. And then there's a foundation for us to each, you know, have a say in, in our day-to-day life. So I just wanted to put that out there too. And I think being able to do that with your family is so powerful. And especially as a mom leading that conversation, taking the lead, it's very powerful to do that. So we're the mamas, we're the leaders of our family, right? We get to say what's on our mind. We get to lead in a loving way. We get to take care of ourselves, better ourselves first. And we get to communicate clearly of what we want and what we don't want. And then when we uh, don't have enough time in the day, we just put spaghetti on the dinner table and say, here you go. Here's the gourmet meal. How do you like it? And they're (laughs) super excited. They're they're like, yes, mommy, mommy, this is the best dinner. I'm like, great, wonderful. You know, you don't need the five gourmet meals. Never mind. Put all that on there. Focus on what matters the most and give yourself grace and self-compassion for the stuff you can't control. So. Well, and I, and I love that. And, you know, I wish that we would have had that conversation around like those values and those important pieces to our family when our kids were younger, that really intentional, meaningful conversation. It's something we've done with them as older kids, but I would have loved to have done it with our kids when they were even younger. And I find the helpful thing now with having that language and those words and those values is with our older kids, especially sometimes they'll say, well, in so-and-so's family, how come they get to fill in the blanks or they have, or, and then it's really easy to bring it back to, well, in our family, we value this and and this sort of guides the choices that we make, even in things with how we spend our time, how we spend money, the things that we kind of choose to do or not do or buy or not buy and all those things. So it's been really, really helpful as the kids are starting to look outwards more and more and kind of seeing what other people are doing and maybe questioning a little bit some of the things that we're doing. So yeah, it's, it's made for really meaningful conversations. So I, I love that you've started that with your daughter. I think that's just amazing. And I can just picture her on her bike being courageous. <laughs> that's just fantastic. And like, and like I said, it's, it's great that you can bring that up right in that moment and say, who are we? G fam, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. And you can, you can use that. And she went, she went on her bike after that and felt great. Definitely having those, those guiding values is, is super important. Well, Janet, I want to thank you so much for sharing your time and words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and all of the amazing things that you're up to, where are the best places to find you? So on Instagram, I'm at workitjanet. So it's just W-O-R-K-I-T, Janet. And then my website is janetco.live.live. And then for YouTube and Twitter, it's also you just find Work at Janet. On YouTube, I've got a bunch of dance tutorials and stuff on there. The main hits is, is Work at Janet. Perfect. I'll make sure to share all of that in the show notes. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining me, Janet. It was great to connect with you. Thank you so much for having me. We'll see you later. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.